talk this morning about a man that gets very little recognition. And it's not Pastor Peter. <laughs> this is the Christmas season, and it's about Joseph, and I just titled it The Best Stepdad Ever. Um, normally, at Christmas time, we think about Mary, and rightly so. Um, when Mary made the statement to the revelation that something that had never happened before in history, nor will ever happen again, was going to happen to her with no point of reference, no one to discuss it with, her response was, I am your handmaiden. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And so Mary had me in her corner from those words on. But Joseph is one that gets less attention. We have a nativity scene in our home that's uh, ceramic, just a cheap little thing. But we love it because tradition means you bring it out every year. And honestly, every single time, I have to do a double take because I get Joseph and the shepherd mixed up. And that's kind of like where he is in this story. He's in the background. But I want to kind of highlight and bring him forward this morning because God chose Joseph specifically, and for reasons known to God that we'll find out in this story, but I admire Joseph. Now, Joseph didn't necessarily have a template of how to be a father, because Joseph's own father died when he was 12. So the fact that God chose him to be a father to Jesus, when he is the most vulnerable and cannot care for himself, says a lot about the man that Joseph was. So let's begin. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I'll just quickly give you something that information that you might already know. In the Jewish custom and tradition that was practiced back then, um, a, a wedding took three, had three stages. The first stage was called the engagement, and that was a, a legal document. It was signed, um, documented. That's what it was. It was you were at that point legally married. Then came the, what they called the betrothal, betrothal, and we would just call that the engagement today. But that was a year where the husband, it was his job to go and prepare a home for his bride. Now, in Bible times, a lot of the families lived upstairs on the, the upper floor of their in-laws. So can I, get a, can I get a hallelujah from those that don't want to live with your mother-in-law or your father-in-law? But that's what they did. They, so he, for one year, his job was to prepare a place for his bride and for the children that would eventually come from that union. Because Joseph and Mary had dreams for their relationship. Then the third part of that sequence of events that was all very formal and followed because of tradition and what they believed God had told them to do as a Jewish, as a Jewish culture, the last part was the actual wedding, the actual ceremony. And in that part was where they would consummate the marriage. But during the... Um, the betrothal part, that whole year, there was no physical contact going on. There was no sexual relations. They were legally married. So if one of them wanted to get out of that arrangement, they would have to get a divorce because that's how, how it was 
formalized. So it was during this period, that long, year-long betrothal, where Joseph knew he hadn't touched Mary, but Mary comes to him, and she tells him an improbable story. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, in the 21st century, we think, what's the big deal? Okay, she's pregnant. We'll just move the wedding up a few months. Nobody's going to be the wiser. That's not the way it was in that century. That's not the way it was done. It was a public disgrace to be um, found to be pregnant before you were married. And not only was it a public disgrace, it was also, you were also, it was punishable by death. If that husband did not take, marry you at that point, you could be stoned. So this was a very, very big deal. And Mary, the courage it must have taken for her, now she goes for three months to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And during those three months, God has the chance to to minister to her heart. I mean, the angel Gabriel has already delivered the news. She has already said, let this happen the way you've said. But she still needed time. She has to come home and tell the man that she is married to. And you have to, I don't even, I honestly don't even think we can comprehend what Joseph would have been feeling today. Because we've just, we have so blurred the lines of everything that we think, well, what's the big deal? But it was a big deal. Joseph had connections, financial connections and family connections. And this was a public humiliation for their families, for both of their families. So Joseph had a decision to make and he considered, he was considerate of Mary. One of the things that I, this is when I first started noticing there's something special about Joseph. I'm beginning to see what God saw in Joseph. Because one of the things that was very different about Joseph was that he had regard for Mary in this circumstance. Remember the Bible said he considered, as he considered these things, he cared about Mary. Now I don't know if there was love yet. This was an arranged marriage like all marriages in that custom were. But he had respect for her. And he was considering what would be the best thing for her. Turn my page over here. As he considered, how will what I decide affect Mary? The second thing that started making me think, there's something different about Joseph. Any definition that you have about manhood, about fatherhood, about what it means to be a man, you have to take Joseph's life into consideration because he had been given a purpose by God. We'll get into that in just a moment. As he considered this, this being what Mary had told him, the improbable, impossible thing that she had done. Now, remember, he's thinking that either she's lying or she was raped or she's lost her mind. But what she told him cannot possibly be true. As he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, 
Son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. This is something that I personally appreciate about God. Because I see it happening today. God took the time to speak to Mary, sent an angel. Because remember, in in this time, in this day, it had been over 400 years before the people of Israel had heard a word from the Lord through a prophet. They hadn't heard the voice of God. Their parents had died not hearing a voice, a word from God to their generation. It's been, like I said, 400 years. So when an angel shows up for Mary and she hears the word and she believes it, now the angel comes and tells Joseph. And what I appreciate about God is he is a personal God. He, he, I don't have to take my husband's word for salvation. I don't have to live on my husband's experience in God. God will speak to me personally. And just like he spoke to Mary, now God, in his loving mercy, comes to Joseph, takes the time for Joseph to hear a word from God for himself. I appreciate that about God. I appreciate that in our marriages today, in our relationships today, God will speak to us individually. My husband doesn't have to live on a word that I got from God. He hears from God himself. God has not changed. He appeared to Mary, and now he's appeared to Joseph. Now, Joseph has to decide, will I believe this? Well, I believe that this is from God. The third thing I notice about Joseph that is so different It's his resolve to protect his family in these never-before-happened circumstances. Never will happen again. There will never be a virgin birth again. That will never happen again. And, And so God's assignment for Joseph was to protect and provide for this family. I think I think it's easy. To have all these ideas of what it means to be a man. It's easy to have all these. It's nice to have goals. Financial goals. And and all these things. Those are nice. But Joseph's assignment. Was to care for this baby. And to care for the mother of that baby. And that was okay for him. That was what it meant to be a man. To protect and provide for his family. That was manhood. That is manhood. And I love that Joseph decided to take Mary, to believe God. And I I can't even imagine, because our society is so different. But in that society, in that time, family and connections and relationships and business were everything. And when rumors would start going around town, when rumors would start spreading in the village about Mary, calling Joseph names for taking Mary as his wife when no one believed the story they were telling. What kind of a man was this who could withstand, whose shoulders were so broad he could withstand the gossiping, the loss of business, the loss of friendship. 
And we're going to see in the next few verses from um, chapters 1 and chapter 2 of Matthew what else is required of Joseph and Mary to accept this assignment. It wasn't easy. It was dangerous. Let's look at four verses very quickly. This one we've already alluded to. When Joseph woke up, an angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until his son was born. That was to fulfill the prophecy. Now, Mary and Joseph went on to have four more sons and two daughters. So they lived, a, oh, Mary lived a long, full life. Joseph, of course, passed away sooner. We, we, historians believe he died before Jesus was crucified. The second time Joseph heard a word from the Lord and had a decision to make, after the wise men were gone, now remember when, when Jesus is a toddler, the wise men come bringing expensive and rare gifts that are only given to royalty, and they presented them in this, uh, to this baby. And after they left, the wise men had a dream. They were supposed to go back and tell King Herod where this special baby was. But the wise men were warned in a dream, by God, to go home a different way. So now Joseph is being told, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, stay there until I tell you to return. Flee to Egypt. That, that was a long, that was 400 miles. That is rough terrain. That is no sanitation. That is no doctors. That is no family going with you. It's you your wife, your baby, and a donkey traveling in obedience to what God has said because you have now a seed of hope in your heart that this baby really is the son of God and you don't even understand what that really means. How is the, the Messiah that has been promised throughout for centuries, how do you believe that that is actually you? You're the child you're holding in your hands. It's, it's incredible to even think about it now. But Joseph was such a man of faith in God. He had a relationship with God that weathered all of these circumstances, the emotional circumstances, the, the, the physical circumstances. You will not touch your wife in that way until after the baby is born. The journeys he's asked to take. Now, of course, Mary's right there along with him, but today we're talking about Joseph. And yet he does it. When God said, flee to Egypt with the child, he didn't say, you're going to have this difficulty, you're going to have this tribulation, you're going to have... He just said, go. And Joseph had to figure out, how am I going to make this happen? Because I am going to obey God. What a man he was to provide and protect his family. You know, when you, for, for those of us that have children, you know when you, you take your baby home for the first time from the hospital? Do you remember that feeling of wanting everybody else to get off the road? Like, don't run, don't crash into my car. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a strange feeling, such a feeling of protection that you've never had before. And all these crazy drivers, you want them just to, just to pull over to the side while you get that baby home safely. That's what Joseph felt. 
nurturing and protecting the Son of God. You think, well, did, wouldn't God just protect him? Well, in some, in some way, of course. But Joseph was given that task. He wasn't given the task of building an empire. He was given the task of protecting this baby. And he accepted that assignment. Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So that night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child, Mary his mother. They stayed there until Herod's death. The third time, when Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. Get up, he said again. This poor guy's getting shook up out of his sleep all the time. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel. You got to take that whole 400-mile journey again because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. Okay, now, just for a moment, think about, okay, so obviously Joseph obeys. His lifestyle at this point is one of listening for God and obeying God. But he's going back to a region where he knows families and friends that have had their firstborn son murdered by this king. For the sake of the baby, he is bringing back. This man did not have an easy life. I can imagine that he ran into people in that region whose sons were killed by that vicious King Herod. But yet, Joseph picks up his family and moves back because he obeys God. Now, when he gets back to that region, guess what he finds out? That the king that is now in power is the son of Herod and just as bad as his father. So once again, for the final time in Joseph's life, God speaks to him being warned in a dream. He left for the region of Galilee. The family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And we remember the rest of the story. That's where Jesus learned carpentry skills. That's where Joseph fathered or parented that young man. Taught him what it means to be a man. That was, this was the man that God chose to parent his son. And I can't help but think as, as remarkable as we know Mary is, we're not taking anything away from Mary. What a woman. But I have to believe, like I believe about couples today, that we each bring the husband and the wife, the male and the female, each bring a corresponding strength. And together, we accomplish the purpose that God has for our family. That was Joseph's life, to make sure this child grows to adulthood. He accepted that assignment against ridicule, against persecution, against financial woe. He did what God called him to do. I think that is an amazing thing. As we close, I I just want to mention that even though the circumstances are different, you know, they wore different clothes and they had different customs and all those things were different. Obeying God is not different. Joseph, remember in the beginning, he said, as he considered these things, he decided he would quietly divorce Mary. That was for Mary's sake. 
because he didn't want to embarrass her. He would give her what they called a writ of divorce. And a writ of divorce is a formal, illegal document that you have to have two witnesses to, to, to see, to witness. But those two witnesses don't even need to know why she's being handed this writ of divorce. That's the route that Joseph said, I need to take this because this will be best for Mary. She would then go back and live with her parents and the betrothal would be off. It would be dissolved. So he had made up his mind. When when the Bible says he considered it, it wasn't just like, hey, I think I'll do this. He thought about it. I don't know how many days went by, how many weeks went by. Uh, Mary was gone for three months. And I don't know that Joseph had that time, but I know that he took time to consider what his options were. So he had a plan. And here's how we are just like Joseph. When we make our own plan, when we decide this is the course of action I want to take, but God interrupts us with something that he has for us, we have the same choice to make that Joseph did. Will I obey God if, I, if I'm sure this is God speaking to me? Or am I going to, you know, I've already got so much time invested in this idea. I've already got, I've got emotional investment. I've got financial. You know, I've been working for a year for this woman. I built a house for Pete's sake. You know, when we've got invest, things invested, are we going to obey God? Are we going to just do what we decided? After careful consideration, I'm still going to do what I think I should do. So even though the culture is different, the century is different, the decision whether or not we're going to obey God, whether or not we're going to honor God's words, whether or not we're going to let God disrupt our entire life is the one that we have to make. And I'm so thankful for an example of a husband and a man like Joseph. I'm thankful that he didn't have to be flashy or motivational or aspirational. He had one task from God that was protect and provide for this family. And he said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's going to affect my mother. Remember, his mother was widowed. He was caring for her. It's going to affect my, my family. It's going to affect my business. It's going to affect my standing. It's going to, I'm going to have people that hate me because their children died so that mine can live. He still said yes. 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 So if you'd stand with me, please. I'm going to have um, Elder Jim come out and close us in prayer. Um, you know, bar, Joseph raised the bar for us, I think, quite a bit as, as a father, as a husband. You know, I know we have many different versions of fathers in here, stepfathers and adoptive fathers, and, and, uh, and it's just awesome to have the bar raised. But Pastor Crystal said something that really resonated with me. She said, Joseph had a lifestyle of listening and obeying. And whichever version of Father we are, that is what our lifestyle should be, is listening and obeying. So let's pray. Father, we ask that you would give us ears to hear so that we can hear your voice. Lord, that if you have to wake us in the middle of the night, as you did Joseph, that we would hear, Lord, and that we would obey, Father, and that if you call us to go to Egypt, 
I hope you don't. But if you do, that we would obey, Lord, and then you would ask us to come back, Lord. So just, Father, we just ask that during um, this season that we would be grateful and thankful for your son, Lord, but that we would have ears to hear and that we would be the obedient sons to make us the men you would have us be, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.